welcome back to Luxury Code. Today, we are blessed to have a legend, the Betty Graham in the house. So listen to this. Licensed in Malibu, California in 1976, her and some pals started Coast and Canyon, a little boutique brokerage. Then she was wooed away by the legendary Jack Douglas of the John Douglas Company, worked with Jack for several years before Cole Banker then acquired that company, the first big luxury company that they had acquired. She managed the number one Cole Banker office internationally for 12 straight years in Beverly Hills, California, leading hundreds of agents to extraordinary levels of success. So much that Cole Banker gave her a little tap on the shoulder and asked them to lead globally their previews division. Now we would refer to it as Cole Banker Global Luxury. When I travel around the country and I talk to friends in the luxury marketplace and I mentioned the name Betty Graham, I literally hear from hundreds of people that Betty Graham touched their life in a way, changed their business in a way, led them in a way that impacted them forever. Today on The Luxury Code, we have Betty Graham, ladies and gentlemen. Betty, welcome to the show. Wow, Tommaso, thank you. Such yes. a introduction. Betty, there are few people in real estate that deserve an introduction, and I probably could have talked for 15 or 20 minutes, but they don't want to hear from me. They want to talk to you. So, Betty, I could go a thousand different directions in this show, um, but I, I love your ability to tell stories. Tell us, tell us, like, what did you do before you got into real estate so people have context? And then what in the world were you and your friends thinking starting a real estate company from scratch in Malibu in 1976 after you just got your license? <laughs> well, and it was all female, that little group. Yes. Uh, Coast and Canyon. And uh, why not? It made sense. We had an office on the coast and an office in the canyon, Topanga Canyon. Yes. So, yeah, so uh, why not? It's independence, right? People people love to be independent. It took me a while to realize that uh, we, could we could have that within the context of a big, warm embrace from a fabulous company with, where it was easier to get listings. It was easier to sure. attract buyers. Sure, sure. But Betty, you know, 1976, there's, there's a young girl listening right now that aspires to one day start her own company. What would you say to that girl? I mean, you, 1976, I, I can't think of many female CEOs. I can't think of many female owners at that time, let alone starting brand new and in Malibu, California, like in the heart of luxury real estate. What would you say to that young girl listening right now? Well, I was local. Right. So I think knowing where you are and then building a profile there, uh, you have a you have a head start wherever you are. Mm -hmm. So if you like that place, then own it. As uh, I once heard in Tom Ferry, be the mayor of that town. <laughs> no. That's right. So, and you can do it so beautifully now with video. Yes. Video first. Right. Mr. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. So, I mean, interviewing the locals you know, getting engaged with the community in so many ways. They're, they love to share. They love to be, what I found in building my career is that the people that I met 
through my ex-husband, who was a film director. Uh, and I had to earn their trust. I mean, you don't just hand somebody because you're a wife. Right. Uh, but they wanted to help. You know, I, I, was, I was a photographer first trying to, you know, it's hard to make a living in photography and still yeah. photography. And, uh, but it was so much fun. I got to be on the set and shoot, right? Mm-hmm. And see my pictures on the side of the movie theater and like that. So that part was fun, but it, I think it, it implied that I was a worker bee. And so those people, I just developed their, their confidence, you know, their trust. Trust is everything. And so to that young girl, I would say, start where you are and, you know, just build your company, build your life around that company. I love it. I you want to go somewhere else? Get on the Greyhound bus like I did from Lost Hills, California, and head down to L.A., you know, just step up. <laughs> So, Betty, I think, it, yeah, <laughs> right. I, I mean, no one says it better than you. I think it's important for the person that doesn't know, you know, your background. I have been so lucky to to know you for such a long time, and you know, just the the work that we've been able to do. And and in the spirit of what's going on here, for the person listening, Betty, this legend is a business coach for us now, and works with these people that just uh, swear by her words every single day. Give a little backstory though, like, you know, just for the person listening, before we get into all this luxury stuff that you are just remarkable at, where were you born? How did you get to California? Just kind of the, the short version. Yeah. First of all, I, I would be nowhere without you, Tom. I can't even begin to tell you. I'm so grateful to you. You helped me so much when I was president of Caldwell Banker. You were right there by my side if I ever reached out and Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for that. Yes. So yeah, I was born on a cotton farm in Alabama. It's hard to be on a cotton farm in Alabama because the stocks don't grow very tall. You look at the comparison to the San Joaquin Valley, they're about three or four times taller because yeah. there's more, I guess, nutrients in the soil. I don't know. But then we moved to, we're one of eight children, right? Mm-hmm. My father believed he had to grow a farm worker's family, right? So then we were, we bought a little farm in, in the southeast corner of Missouri, a hundred acres. He turned that farm into, you know, it was raw land with stumps and things. And he turned that farm into a very productive farm for the area. But in the end, it's, you know, too much floods, too much sun, and you can't make any money. You have to keep replanting. You've always do what you've always done. You'll always get what you've always got. Right, Tom? Right, right. So piled everything we owned on the top of our Studebaker and drove to the San Joaquin Valley like John Steinbeck, right? Yeah. And I was 15. So that's right. We, I lived in a migrant workers camp and went to high school in Wasco or outside of Bakersfield. So and that's my background. When you, you hear that story and, you know, you and I talk so much, you know, about work ethic, do the right thing, strong values, you know, great relationships. I don't want to say that there's a lot of people that didn't have the kind of, you know, upbringing that you've had. Cause a lot of people have experienced, you know, hardship, tougher lives. 
Um, how much of that, though, do you think shaped who you become? A, maybe 100%. Yeah. You know, uh, first of all, with five boys, and I was the middle girl, the firstborn, nobody messed with Edna. Oh, and yeah. then the lastborn was our baby. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of these hunka hunka burning testosterone, testosterone, and and they're always taunting me, you know. Sure. And I, I, you know, I was driven. I still believe that I have a subconscious messaging from those guys. So yeah, you know, it's a uh, work ethic is just in me. Yes. I mean, I. But the only problem with that, Tom, I. I think it's like being on a treadmill. You can never get there from here. You can right. never get enough. You can never get, I think my poor husband, I think he keeps wondering when I'm going to start acting my age. <laughs> <laughs> I hope never just for the, you know, spirit of truth here. Never. So, so Betty, let's talk about leading through interesting times. You, you manage this unbelievable office, this legendary office with, I don't, you know, maybe you, you share how many agents, but you know, you saw markets with high interest rates. You saw markets with inflation. You saw markets during turbulent times, and yet you you ran the number one office in the world for twelve years. Those weren't all easy years. So, so what advice do you have for the listener today? Who is we're all leading ourselves. We're we're leading our families. We're we're leading our support team. We're leading our buyers and sellers through some interesting times right now. What, what have you found to be the things that, you know, the plays that you run during these challenging times? Well, you know, the, there'll always be challenging times. And in a real estate broker's life, it's what makes it so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So what I said a while ago, keep your head down. Yes, do keep your head down, but keep your social media up, you know? Yes. And yes. Really, keep keep working. Add a little more budget to what you're advertising. Don't stop now. Put your foot on the pedal. Call more people. They want to hear what's going on. You are the expert. You right. know, you're the one who really knows. Follow KCM. Do that package that KCM is offering right now. Right. It's phenomenal. It helps you. It, it answers the questions for you, makes you look like a star that knows what they're doing and talking yeah. about. And it really is supplying wonderful information to the community who hears the bits and pieces. So when you go to the dentist and he says, so how is the market? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's really, it's crazy. It's like on everybody's lips. So yes, yeah. you have to have an answer. Yeah. But, you know, this is just another time it uh you know in inflation usually typically if you really look mm -hmm. at what has happened historically usually housing prices go up so right. follow what kcm is directing here and you know you you're so the step up yes first of all familiarity breeds trust you know so send out a cma every day call at least one a day we'll have a conversation you know, I really appreciate the, you know, our past and future business. And I feel an obligation to let you know what's really going on. And some of my clients have been asking for uh, a market analysis just out of curiosity because they want to know where they stand. 
So it would be my pleasure to send you a complimentary market analysis of your home. Yeah. And uh, I'll do that today. And I'll give you a call tomorrow. Now that was on a video to them. So they're not answering you. Yeah. Your video, the face breeds trust, right? Familiarity breeds trust, right? Yes. So you're doing a three-step punch and, and giving them some great solid information. Betty, so, when I, so this is so great. Like, I have like five questions going through my head. The first thing is, how do you stay so culturally relevant? I mean, think about it. You're, you're sitting here talking social and video and all this stuff. And a lot of people, you know, they, I don't know, they just, they struggle to keep their finger on the pulse. And one of the things I've always admired about you is you, you have your finger on the pulse. How does somebody do that if they're listening to right now? Like, what, what's your best advice? Well, wait, when you get up in the morning, start with that. You know, you got to wake up with the right attitude. I say good morning to my toes, you know, I put them off and I, hello feet, you know, and I, my trainer taught me to, to, to talk to them, right? right? So I do that. And then I do exactly what that, remember that nice young man you had on one of the summits who said, go straight to the mirror and give yourself a big smile. Yes. I do that every single day, Tom. Yes. I do that every day before I brush my teeth. And, I love it. And and it makes me feel good. First of all, you're prettier when you smile, you yes. know. And yes. you know, why not start the day with loving yourself? Yeah. So so what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> so you do all these things to keep yourself fired up. But Betty, listen, you are this powerhouse who's been in this business for a long time. And you're talking about CMA a day campaigns. You're talking about shooting video because people don't answer phones. There's someone listening right now who works in the high end or maybe aspires to be in the high end. And they're like, I'm afraid to do things like video. Like I'm, I'm afraid of some of those activities. Or as you mentioned earlier, I'm making phone calls every day. Like I look at your average sales price, you know, maybe the people don't know that are listening right now, you're still doing transactions, right? You're still engaged in, in the business and you're also, you know, helping others and you're coaching people and you're running your life. And like, I, I just think to myself, what do you say to the person right now that is a little stuck who just isn't moving forward with the times video, just as an example? Yeah. So uh, I know I have one of my coaching clients who knows she needs to be doing video, but she just is inhibited. I mean, I don't know what they, is it, is it about giving away your soul, away the Indian belief or whatever? I, but you've got to go beyond what it is you feel. If you look at the superstars in real estate, they don't get up every day and feel like doing what they do, but they do it anyway. That's it. And, and so, and, and that's another thing is watch what other people do. Look at how they look, look at how their social profile is, mm -hmm. you know, being uh, mindful. It's not that you're going to leapfrog and go right into it. That hardly ever happens. You may get an opportunity that you wouldn't have had. And, and, but then, you know, you've got to build on that opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but to, um, to the exact question, I, I, I think it's about making your list, knowing that you're, you know, working on your mindset early in every day and, and then making the time for it. 
our lives are like one tornado after another in real yes. estate. That's yes. who we are. Tom, I believe that the real estate agent, that they're the unsung heroes of the business world. I you know, agree. look at that. You, you spec your time, you spec your energy, and you spec your money. You mm -hmm. never know for sure when and if it'll pay off. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's noble work that a real estate agent does. So if, if you start with that and you feel good about the work you've chosen and you like serving people and you like helping people grow, and certainly real estate is the place that they're going to build the most wealth. Right. Right. It's, right. it's, a, it's a given. And you look at the, what the market is doing since 1965, it's gone that way, right? Yeah. So yes, there may be a dip now and then, but look at the whole picture. So how long are you going to hold hold on to that property? Right. Uh, you know, and sh when are you going to start living your life post pandemic? You know. Yeah. So I think I lost track. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. I mean, no, you just you just keep spitting fire. I want to go a totally different direction, Betty. What's the biggest transaction you've been involved in, either supporting one of your agents or yourself personally? And what was the lesson through that crazy transaction? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, so, Mrs. Spelling, we were going to go over to preview the mansion and do a listing presentation. Mm -hmm. And she had disclosed that she would be seeing other agents. She liked our agent, had done a deal with her, but you know, she was going to see other good agents. Yeah. So, so we um, pulled out all stops. We had our PR guy there with us. I had Bob Foster because I wasn't sure that uh, he was my RVP at the time. I wasn't yeah. sure that the spelling would really. She might like a, a nice man there. Yeah, and um, we had. Jeanette, our advertising yeah. or yeah. marketing person. So we were like four or five people on this side of the white sofa. Yeah. And on that side was Mrs. Spelling and her attorney and her PR person and her book publisher, you know, and so on. So it was facing each other. So the uh, attorney said to me, so Betty, if, uh, Mrs. Spelling lists her house at fifty million, and you bring an offer of thirty-nine. What would you think she should do? Mind you, this was many years ago. Yeah. And I said, look lovingly at that. <laughs> and and uh, just as I spoke, her Wheaton Terrier comes bounding in and jumps on the white sofa and into my lap. So I did what was natural. I rubbed her ears. Mm -hmm. The attorney continued the conversation, and then Madison was the dog's name. He moved along, and later in Mrs. Spelling's book, she said that she had chosen her uh, realtor by who her dog liked best. <laughs> <laughs> so go figure. A nice, a nice fifty million dollar listing. You're like, I now bring dog treats on every presentation I go on. No question. No question. <laughs> that is now. Didn't the spelling property sell again after that? Again and I, again. Right. I thought was the, like the last one something like a, north of one hundred and fifty million dollars. I thought. 
Yes, that's right. What is it like? What is it like walking into a presentation like that? You know, for the person listening that, you know, like some people are intimidated by a $800,000 sales price. Some people are intimidated by an $8 million sales price. But when you start talking, you know, a $100 million sales price, what, what advice do you have in terms of preparation or, you know, winning the listing beyond hoping and praying that you got dog treats in your pocket and the dog likes you? What, what advice do you have? So, you know, first of all, you've spent a lot of time already in preparation. When you come there, you've got a beautiful bound presentation yeah. about her property and about it in context. Because val- establishing value in, in the ultra high end is an art form. It's not really, you use the data, yes, but yes. it's, it's uh, knowing the, the value of the finishes or the amenities, right. of course, location. And, but so it's, uh, it's all of those things. And in the end, it's how you make that person feel or how that person feels with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that person is probably not a lot different in their everyday life than your life. Mm-hmm. In their everyday life, they get up the same way, and I hope they smile in the mirror. You know? And but they, they what they have on their mind is maybe getting their child into school, mm-hmm. or you know, improving the soccer game, or you know, how how am I going to lose ten pounds? I got to stop smoking. You know, all of those things are what life issues. So that's what people have too. You find some commonality with that person and by researching, learn as much as you can. And there's so much available information right. online. So you work on finding information about the property, of course, mm-hmm. and the history of the property and hopefully mm-hmm. who lived there. Right. And celebrity is an interesting thing too. Celebrity, I don't think it adds really value, but it adds value to the exposure. Sure. Right. So, I mean, it, it, and so in that sense, it certainly adds value. But you bring as much information as you know about the parties, because that's how you're going to reach commonalities. Mm-hmm. You can't fake it. I mean, you can't say, oh, I love working for animal rescue. <laughs> when right. you, just, you, know, you might instead say, gee, that is so interesting. I've often wanted to do something like that, but I don't know where to begin. Yeah. You right. Know? Oh, let me tell you. Right, exactly. Right, yes, exactly. So, yeah, I, you know, I, if they want to know what you're going to do, how you're going to handle their property, and that it's going to be the way, and that they're, they're, you know, in terms of if you know them, if you really know them, you don't even have to have a non-disclosure addendum signed because they know that it's in the vault. Yes. But yes. More normally, they might, you might not even know them, and they ask about that. Yes, of course, I'll be happy to. Mm-hmm. Your, your information is critically important. Yes. Keep, you know, keeping a lid on all of that. So, and they don't, you know, they don't, many times people don't want to know, um, particularly not the price, which that always gets out into the universe somewhere. Right. right. Uh, but they think that they can control that. Well, at least they can control it through the negotiation. Yes. I remember yes. John Johnny Carson one time. He had, uh, 
you wanted to buy the lot across the street to put a tennis court. And there were, there were two lots. One had a house on it and uh, one was vacant. And so he didn't want them to know it was he offering because then they would put the price higher. Right, right? The price. And so we, we negotiated with his business manager's name and uh, he, he built that wonderful property that way. But yeah, so they, they like to stay hidden. Yeah. But they it's, also love recognition, right? <laughs> it's a delicate, yeah. I mean, every luxury broker I talk to, this, you know, celebrities, celebrity CEOs, athletes, it's that delicate dance, right? And trust is the most important thing. I was thinking, I was just thinking that in the LA market specifically, right? That the Ernie Carswell, who I just you know, was with a couple of days ago at Gathering of the Eagles, Joyce Ray. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. All of these legendary real estate brokers. There's so much competition in the marketplace. The, the new guard that's come in the last decade, the Altman brothers. And, you know, I look at John Grauman and, you know, all these just incredible agents. There's so much competition. What do you do to stand out? What do you do to find your tribe? So, and you look at uh, Ernie is a great example, I think, of someone who uh, I love Ernie Carswell, right, uh, Joyce yeah. Ray, you know, right? Really. But but they and and they both do this. So Joyce has a wonderful team. So does Ernie have a mm -hmm. wonderful team, mm -hmm. and they both reflect the values, you know, like we at John Douglas Company his. His, uh, the sign of respect was his mantra. It yes. was on every sign, the sign of respect. And you, there was a demand in that, mm -hmm. right? So what they're putting out there, both of them, Joyce is very engaged with so many charitable and political uh, processes. And, mm -hmm. and uh, Ernie, with that veranda or whatever it is he calls it, He's so sharing, gives yes. so much wonderful information, which the clients will listen to, the agents will listen to. He is about making life better here for the real estate agent, for the real estate client. Yes. And, and um, Joyce, you know, she does it with tenderness. Mm -hmm. And you know that it's going to be handled the right way. Both of them come to the party with a history that you cannot quarrel with. So then how to be the one up against them, ask them to share it with you. <laughs> you know, you know, if you're, if you're not sure you're going to get it, even yeah. though you know the people well, and they seem to care about you. Yeah. Make yourself, you know, it, it, sometimes that's, it's a, oh my gracious. It's what do they say? Two and two makes five. Right. <laughs> You got to get into a, a formula of I'm building something here. Yeah. I'm building it for a reason. So that if her, if here, if that agents, he or she is so clear about who they are, then you say, who am I going to align myself with that would please my client? Yes. Would certainly please the other agent. Yes. It's so interesting. I interviewed Randy B on this show. Big shout out to Randy from New York City. And, and he literally says, 
my first high-end listing was an expired listing in New York City for $20 million. And I said, how did you get it? He goes, I went to the number one agent in that part of town in my company and said, would you come with me on this listing appointment? Let's split it 50-50, right? The number of times I've heard that story, I go back to, you know, I'm, you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time. When I coached Joe Babajan a hundred years ago, Joe's entire business model was he would tell agents, hey, if you get a hot one, bring me in. Right. And just, he, if, I mean, he, he was, you know, it, I say, Joe, you know, Joe, if you're listening, shout out to you. Right. So a legend in the business, remember, remember him like driving around in his Rolls Royce with the giant brick cell phone. I'm dating, I'm dating us here. Right. And he would just say, Hey, if you got a hot one, call me. I don't care if it's 3 million, 5 million, 50 million. Like, but when he would show up, that's that agent went from good agent to legendary status overnight. So there is something to that. Right, I absolutely agree, hundred percent. Betty, last question before we got to bounce here. You have done so much for so many. You were spitting fire earlier on, like you need to be making phone calls, you need to be doing CMA a days, you need to be sending videos. What advice do you have for the person listening right now that is aspiring to raise their sales price or just aspiring to do more? And again looking at your legendary history and now, you know, as a, as an amazing, you know, performance coach, what are two or three nuggets that you would share as we wrap this up to just point people in the right direction? Two things. Again, I say that we, we have a lot of chaos around us. So before you go on any important phone call, Zoom call or in person, get yourself centered. Yeah. 15 minutes of being really quiet so that when you go, you are truly engaged. You are absolutely present. And they will always know if that's true or if it's not true, even on a phone call. Mm -hmm. They'll know if you're distracted or your words are not, if, if you're not looking out for them from the get-go. You know, I mean, that's what I think. Luxury product is one thing, but luxury service is how you're going to get the business. And so that feeling, that absolute commitment, uh, you look at Chris Cortazzo, oh, he exactly. looks into the eyes of whomever he is with mm -hmm. and you feel like your soul has been seen. Yes. And he, he has that genius ability to make people feel that there's no one else in the room. And so I think being that focused is a, a wonderful springboard for any agent. I agree. So, so that focus that, and again, big shout out to Chris Cartazzo, who we've known forever. I mean, you know, you, you helped him so much in his career. So the first one is just preparation and listening. What's number two? Okay. So what's number two? Preparation and listening. You've got to know the inventory. Yeah. I mean, you, everything you're doing is to bring value right? If you know the inventory and you know the, um, the histories, and so don't ever miss an opportunity to go on caravan or to see more houses. Yes. That's where you're going to see more agents and getting yourself aligned with really good agents, you know? So, and they, people love to help. I think people love to see people grow. Yes. You know, that's what motivates me is I, I want, yeah, my, my brothers, are, they give me the spark, the electricity for it, but I want to make a difference here. 
I want to make a difference in the lives of real estate agents. And that's why I love being, you know, being a coach for you, Tom. It It's so if they have that same kind of commitment, I think it'll all happen so much smoother. I agree. There's not many people I can talk to looking at my own team here who can just casually say, you know, when Johnny Carson called me and wanted to buy the lot next door. <laughs> <laughs> Betty, I love you so much for the, for the people that are listening. I hope you, I'm sure you, you hear my respect and admiration for this woman. And, you know, she's kind to say that I was always there supporting her and Betty, you were always, you've always had my back. And for that, I am always grateful for you. Um, I really think we need to do a long form version next time you and I got to get together face to face. Cause I think about that time that I interviewed you many moons ago and you're like, don't ask me any questions about my way early past. And it's the only thing I wanted to talk about. So, so we're leaving everybody here as a hook for the next face to face interview with Betty Graham. So Betty, thank you for your time your generosity, your leadership, your ability to move people. Um, I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks at the summit. Um, I know you're active on social. So if you're not following Betty Graham, I strongly recommend it. Her current average sales price looks to be about $7 million in Beverly Hills. So she's still active in the business. If you know someone that needs her support, I would tell you, send her your referrals. She is that, she's that bananas. I've never done that on the show before ever. I don't think I'm ever going to do it again, but Betty deserves it, right? Because she's done so much for the industry. So I love you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. So my friends, thanks so much for watching. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the notification button, share this with a friend or two that needs some legendary insight from one of the true, just best of the best of the industry. Betty, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. All right. Lots of love. See you soon. Yeah.